Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today, we're talking about one of my favorite topics. It's something that God has done in my life um, that has really changed everything. And um, it's a simple thought. It's a simple distinction. And I'm excited to share it with you guys today. I want to talk to you about embracing your greatness, and this is not some sort of an empty self-help promo, you know, boss bay, boss bro kind of situation. I know, guys, I know boss bro is something you want me to never say again, but I want to talk about how important it is for us to get our mind accurate on who we are in God's eyes. The truth is that the enemy works overtime to make us feel small. The enemy works overtime to make us feel like we don't have anything really to offer to the world. And when we start to overcome that thought, when we start to have breakthrough with that, the enemy works overtime to make us feel like we are God's answer for the world. Both sides of the same coin. When I was a younger person in my teenage years, I remember reading my Bible one night and coming across that scripture, I believe it's in Romans, that talks about the cup and the dish. And it says something to the effect of, I'm paraphrasing here, isn't it God's right as the potter to make a cup for ordinary use? And when I read that, it was like a foothold from the devil himself came into my soul. I didn't recognize it at the time, but I felt pierced by this idea that what if I'm the cup? What if I am the cup? If God is making cups and dishes and the dishes are are for something special and the cups are for ordinary use, what if I'm the cup? And I agonized over this thought for years, guys, actual years of my life, probably 12 years of my life that I had in the back of my mind and the depths of my soul, this idea that I'm just a cup to God, that I'm just some regular cup. We have a pizza place in our city in Oklahoma City called Hideaway Pizza, and they give out these stadium tumbler kind of cups when you order a drink and you take them home. And we've got six people in our family, and we've been to this place quite a bunch, and I've got probably 20-something Hideaway cups in my house. They're just regular cups. My daughter puts ice in them and takes them upstairs to her room at night and has stacks of 10 or so at any given time next to her bed. They're just ordinary cups. And I was terrified that maybe that's all that I am. What if I'm just a cup? And what that meant in my soul was, what if I'm just some random person to God? What if I'm, I'm just a hideaway cup that I could throw away and, and wouldn't really even notice? What if God doesn't really care about me? I began to pursue being the dish. I wanted to be the dish. I wanted to learn how to be great so that I could get God's attention. Maybe if I'm the dish, maybe I will be special to him. Maybe he will come and do something cool in my life. 
it was a, a, a rat race. It was a, a, a vicious cycle, to be honest with you. And I know it might sound kind of silly at face value, but what I'm saying to you is some real inner torment of my soul. It led me to make decisions. It led me to, to it affected the way that I prayed. God, I don't want to be the cup, anything but the cup, Lord. Eventually, I began to realize that maybe God could actually meet me in this quandary. The reality was I didn't have the guts to actually ask him, God, am I the cup? Because what if he said yes, right? What if he said, yeah, Rachel, it's probably time I tell you, yeah, you're like an average five, you know, like you're not bad. It's not terrible, you know, but there's others that are greater than you. Yeah, you know that. You'll never be an Olympian, you know, you come in second to last in all your cross country meets. Like you're you're just you're you're there. You're steady. You're just you're good. You're good to go. What if he said that? No, I couldn't even. I didn't have the guts to ask. I couldn't bring myself to ask. And so instead, this lie set in this lurking part of my soul for more than a decade, wreaking havoc on my ability to receive the love of God. Here's what I learned. When I begin to see myself as small and when I begin to see myself as great, both of those are bad because my focus and my vision is on myself. When I begin to see myself as a cup, it's wrong because I'm diminishing. I'm putting myself down in my mind. Some of you guys may be like, I love a cup. I don't want to be a dish and, you know, power to you. But for me to say and just to like sort of accept and just lower, it was like settling, like fine, I'll be the cup. But in the same way that settling was putting all the focus on myself, being the dish also put all the focus on myself. It made me feel like inherently I had something more to offer. Both of those are bad because they're both focused on ourself. Now, you might be saying, well, Rachel, I don't get it. We're supposed to embrace our greatness on this episode. Well, listen, here's what your greatness is. It's no surprise. It shouldn't be anyway. Your greatness is Jesus Christ who lives inside of you. If you have said yes to Jesus, if you've given your life to him, he has taken up residence inside of you. And not just that, he actually made you a new creation that is joined in him. Therefore, you on your own, your cup likeness, your dish likeness is gone. You are in him and you are this new type of being that has his greatness on it. And therefore, you are great. Not because of anything you did, not because of how you were born, not because of anything that you can control, but solely and entirely because of what Jesus has done for you. Embracing your greatness is embracing the life of God that lives within you. We have to learn to let Jesus be the greatness inside of us. Amen? We have, to, we have to get comfortable with that. See, the thing is, my focus on whether I'm the cup or I'm the dish, honestly, the whole thing is about how I can prove to God my worth to him. If I'm the cup, then I'm saying to God, I don't value, you know, I'm not, I don't matter much to you. If I'm the dish, I can say, look at me, Lord. Both of those are missing the point. 
When we focus on Jesus, the assignment that he's given us, the giftings that he's given us, the, the, the grace that's on our life, all the other stuff fades away because it's all about him at that point. Listen, I just need to, we just need to have like a truth talk moment for a second. Is that okay? Here, here comes some solid truth. You need to stop being insecure. You just need to stop. You might say, well, how do I do that? You just stop. You literally start taking your thoughts captive. When your thoughts start leading you towards cup-like mentality, you literally arrest them and kick them out. You cannot afford any longer to feel like you are inferior, insecure, insignificant. Why? Because Jesus Christ is your greatness. It was never about you. You you are you are inferior. Just accept that. When I was in high school, I was a senior in high school, and um, I'd been in a relationship with a guy who was not a believer for almost a year, and he wanted to get married, and I was like, I'm not getting married, especially not at 18. And um, I really felt in my heart like God was saying I needed to break up with him. And over the course of God speaking this to me, I had a prophetic dream. It was the first one I've ever had. And the long story short, in this dream, I was in my car and I was at my high school and I was leaving the school parking lot. And the farther I drove away trying to get out of this parking lot, the more narrow the road became until the sidewalk that I was driving on was the exact width of my car. It was like there was no margin. And as I continued to drive, it was I began to like drive into a swimming pool. The sidewalk was surrounded by a swimming pool, and then the sidewalk ended. And there was about 15 feet of pool between my car and the farther, you know, the other edge. And I had this brilliant thought in my dream. I'm going to jump it. So I put the car in reverse. I back up, and I floor it. And I go, and I, I'm in the air, and I'm so close to the other side. I literally got to where my bumper was almost touching the other side of the concrete, and I began to sink into the water. And I sunk all the way down to the bottom of this big pool, probably 10 plus feet down. And I'm going, I'm dead. I'm dead. That's it. I'm dead. I can't get out. You know, we had those um, trainings in high school pep rallies and stuff where they would talk about what to do if your car went into water. I don't know if they still do that, but they did back then. And uh, I knew you can't open a car door underwater. There's too much pressure. I knew that. And so I'm just sitting in the car going, this is it. I'm going to die. And all of a sudden I hear a knock on the window and I look out the car window and there's a lifeguard down there and he's pointing at the car handle. He says, open the handle. And I'm going, I can't. I'm saying to him, I can't do it. It's going to be too strong. It's not possible. And he says a second time, just pull, pull open the handle, pull the handle. I said, look, you don't understand. I, I know how this works. I know the science of this, right? Like, it's not possible. You can't do this. And a third time he said, open the handle. And out of just pure frustration and spite, I said, look, it's not going to work. And when I pulled the handle, the door effortlessly opened. I find myself on the concrete now, out of the water, and the guy is gone. He's just gone. And I'm looking around. I'm looking for this lifeguard who's just saved my life. And another lifeguard walks up. And I said, hey, where is that other guy? I wanted to say thank you. And he said, that other guy? That was Jesus. And I woke up. That dream, 20 years ago, changed my life forever. Do you know why? Because God used that dream to show me 
You can be the best. You can be so close. You can be at the other side and you're not getting over unless I help you. You can have all the giftings, all the greatness, all the talents, all the accolades, all the beauty, all the fame, and you will still sink to the bottom without me. I'm telling you guys, we have this opportunity. We have this opportunity to let go of our insecurities, to let go of our focus on ourselves, so that we can let Jesus in. And when we let him in, it becomes his greatness at work in us. There's not a single person on the face of the earth that can truly be great without Jesus. Not one. Because whatever they amass, whatever their fame, their fortune amasses in this earth will be gone in a moment, in eternity, unless it is built on eternal things which come from Jesus. Do you understand this? This is why it doesn't matter if you're a cup or a dish or you, 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 or you feel inferior, because you are. The only way you're going to have greatness is by Jesus being great in you. So again, I would say to you, stop feeling insecure. You're wasting your energy You're wasting your energy. We have to settle in our hearts that God has chosen us. You and I, we have to actually make peace with our inferiority. Do you understand this? This is not accepting and settling into like a a, a mediocrity way of life. It is settling into the fact that we in our best efforts still won't make it. So we settle that. Here's what's crazy to me. God, he, he makes the heavens and the earth. He makes all the animals. He makes the angels, the angelic beings, the hosts of heaven, all these mystical, fantastical creatures. And then he makes dirt creatures like you and I. He makes humans. And those are the ones he chooses as his sons and daughters. He doesn't pick the angelic, mystical beings. He doesn't pick the, the what's that angel thing? And I think it's in... Um, and one of the Old Testament prophets, I'm blanking on it right now, uh, Ezekiel maybe, that has like eyes all over its body. It has like, you know, a, an ox face on one side and a, an eagle face on another side. And it's like this winged crazy creature. He doesn't pick that, which is so much more fantastical than you and I in our flaws, our bodily functions, our dirt-like state. But he actually chose you to be his child. And by nature, that settles the argument of our insecurity. There's no point in wasting another moment feeling like you don't measure up because you don't. And the only way you're ever going to measure up is to let Jesus be at work in you. So what I'm saying here is how you stop it is by yielding to the presence of God in your life. Letting his truth transform you. It will change you forever, and it needs to. When God really got this into me, I don't feel insecure anymore. I'm not saying I feel perfect. That is not true. I know I'm a very flawed person. What I'm saying is I don't feel like he doesn't love me anymore. In fact, sometimes I think maybe I'm his favorite, and I think we should all feel that way, guys. We should all feel that way, but we have to get out the thoughts of our mind. We have to get the thoughts out of our mind that are contrary to that. 
Let me just be really honest with you as we wrap this up today. I've decided that I'm done. I'm done feeling bad about the life of Jesus in me. I'm done feeling bad that I don't measure up to him. And I'm just accepting that he chose me and he wants to be great in me. He wants his light to shine in me. See, when I understood that I didn't have to be insecure anymore, I actually started feeling guilty about the things that God had given me. I started feeling guilty that I I was thriving. I started feeling like I needed to diminish the light somehow, like it was offensive to people around me or it was drawing too much attention to myself, etc. But here's what I now know. It's not my light to diminish. It's his light. Jesus himself says, look, like a city on a hill. You guys know this this little nursery rhyme, hide it under a bushel? No. See, God wants your light to shine because it's not your light. It's his light. And his light shining in you actually draws people to him. And when we get this right, when we embrace this greatness, we actually become a beacon of hope for those around us. We actually become a safe sanctuary for the hurting and broken because they get to experience Jesus in us. They're not experiencing our greatness, our own, you know, overflowing of abundant talents. They're experiencing Jesus in you. How dare you diminish his light? This is what I'm saying to myself. It's not your light to diminish. It's his light. My job is to actually figure out how to make myself like a mirror so that his light intensifies. And when I do that, I I even become more inferior. But it doesn't matter because his greatness is at work in that place. So I'm done. I'm done feeling bad about who Jesus has made me into. Because I know, and now you know, that who Jesus has made me into is Jesus. It's he, he is any good thing you see in my life. It's actually him. And the same can be said for you. Are you done? Are you ready to just stop with the whole rat race of insecurity? When I read the word and I read like Hebrews and Ephesians and Romans and it talks about putting aside the elementary teachings of the faith, the thing is that the body of Christ in America has such a hard time moving beyond the elementary teachings because we're so freaking insecure. And as long as we are insecure, we cannot move forward because we're still uncertain about the things like our salvation. If you profess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Lord, He's not just the son of God. He is God. Then that's all you need. He takes care of the rest, guys. Okay, yes, there are some other things that are really helpful. Water baptism, baptism of the Holy Spirit, baptism of fire, these types of things I know. But what I'm saying to you is that if you are in Christ, you do not need to be insecure. And if you are in Christ and you are insecure, let today be the last day you ever feel that way. Let today be the last day you ever let the enemy make you feel small again. Why does he want you to feel small? Because you and I are the chosen people on this earth to vanquish his effects. And if he can make you feel small, he has nothing to worry about. Let's give him something to worry about, friends. Let's give him something to be nervous about. 
a people of God who have yielded themselves, given over their free will to the will of God at work in their life so that God can shine through us and rescue this world around us. I don't know about you, but that is a yes and amen from me. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.